A lot of coaches, you start out often with one-on-one and you soon realise that you're getting the same questions, the same challenges with these incredible individuals that just makes so much more sense to provide a group setting to be able to answer because everybody will benefit from the answer even if it's specific to that individual. Plus, it just makes sense from a business point of view that you can charge appropriately and be just as profitable being able to help many more people at one time. It can seem like celebrity entrepreneurs won the jackpot, but there's more to this story. Behind the blockbuster coaching programs, offers, and live events are stories of careful development, fixed mistakes, and strategy. On this season of the Coach Pony Podcast, I'm sitting down with successful business owners to ask them, how do you build that? I'll talk to a wide range of coaches and leaders, digging into how it all started, what they learned, and what you should know if you want to play a similar game. And with that, let's get down to business. Today, our guest is Natalie Sisson from NatalieSisson.com. She's on a mission to help women make $10,000 a month or more, all while dedicating 1% of their income to charity. Wanting to create engagement and support for a small group of people so she could be intimately involved, she built out a premium membership program called the 10K Club with a minimal budget. And we, of course, want to know exactly how she did it. Natalie Sisson, you are the next guest on the Coach Pony Podcast. Come on down. Natalie, I'm so excited that we get to talk about your premium membership site today. Hi, I'm so excited too. (laughs) (laughs) And I just want to dive right in because here at Coach Pony, we're not about filler. We're about um, just getting to the fun. So the first question is, tell me the story of where you came up with the idea for the 10K Club. Yeah, I'd love to actually, because I think it's probably one of my most poignant membership or creations ever at a time that everybody was going into lockdown um, and COVID was hitting the world. So this was um, around early 2020. Uh, It was around February, March, and we'd just gone into lockdown. And I finally had this kind of space and time to go, oh my gosh, how can I help people who are in the thick of this, who are needing to earn money, who've maybe had their world turned upside down, who are just, I think it was just one of those periods where I had a huge amount of creativity and solitary time because we were at home. Um, and I came up with this idea for the 10K Club based on the fact that so many of my women in my community had sort of wanted to reach that holy grail of what does $10,000 a month look like as a business. In addition, I was literally sitting on a spin cycle listening to a podcast about creating your brand and that one offering that you love and it all came spilling out of me and I was writing on the whiteboard next to the spin cycle of exactly what I wanted to offer. It was quite a weird moment, just a download. Um, And so launching it right in that time, it literally launched it in April and it officially started in May of 2020. So right when everybody was kind of craving, I think, some sort of security, stability, way forward in this tumultuous world where everything had been turned upside down for a lot of people. That's actually how it came about, where I finally got clarity on what I wanted to offer. So you've done a lot of different offerings over your life as an entrepreneur, which is amazing. And you decided that the 10K Club would would be a membership site and program. So tell me 
What were you trying to build within this business modality of membership? Um, what was your goal at launch for yourself and for the program? Yeah, I think like a lot of coaches, you start out often with one-on-one and you soon realize that you're getting the same questions, the same challenges with these incredible individuals that just makes so much more sense to provide a group setting to be able to answer because everybody will benefit from the answer, even if it's specific to that individual. And I think I've done coaching for five, six years in my business. I'd actually paused it for quite a long time and focused on building courses, which I love. But I really love the membership model for that aspect that you can create a recurring kind of feeling and community um, and build a lot of great content into it. And content is kind of my life, but without being overwhelming Um, and to really hone in, as I said, on that group context of where I find women in particular, if they can share, every single person learns and benefits and um, excels as a result. Plus, it just makes sense from a business point of view. and that you can charge appropriately and be just as profitable being able to help many more people at one time. So I think that was why I really wanted to go with the membership. Um, I have done a few in the past, but they'd always been kind of an ongoing after a course. And for this, I really wanted it to be a kind of group coaching mastermind membership for a specific um, amount of awesome ladies who were at a certain level in their business. So it was quite For the first time, I think in a long time, it was very, very specific about who I was targeting. So you chose to call it the 10K Club, which I love because there's clarity in naming, which I'm all about. Um, Why did you settle on the number 10K? It's just one of these goals that I think so many women have um, and would often tell me. So I hear it all the time. I'd love to have a six-figure business. If you break down a six-figure business that's, you know, profit, it's typically just under that 10K a month or around there. It's also a number that I hear so many people say they'd love to earn. Um, I think for them, for a lot of people, it gives you freedom financially in lifestyle, in your business. It's it's a number that can cover your mortgage, can cover holidays, trips, all those things, professional development, and you still feel good with it. Um, or at least that's what people think. And I think that is actually achievable. And obviously, if you want to earn more, sky's the limit. But that is why. And it also is achievable. It's not that, you know, so far out, like a seven or eight figure business that people can see it being a reality. So I'd love to know the story of the launch around it. You are a seasoned entrepreneur. You have a community. So tell me just a little bit about what you did to enroll people in it in the very beginning. Yeah, I did it quite differently because I I was so passionate about it. It had come to me in this kind of inspired moment. So I actually jumped on a phone call with everybody who was interested and it was such an easy sell, so to speak. Um, I basically downloaded my vision for what it was going to be, what it was going to include, what it wasn't going to include. I was very clear from the outset that I didn't want this to be another membership with huge amount of content that overloaded you. It was very much more about the group coaching, that specific step-by-step what we were learning each module to go through and really have a clearly defined result from it. And I think that really appealed to a lot of people. I didn't actually necessarily stick with that down the track because like any person with a membership, you want to offer more and so you put more in. But it started out very simple and I essentially sort of put it out that people could apply to learn more about it. And when they did, I jumped on a call with them. I'd walked them through it. I talked them through it. I sent them actually just a Google Doc rather than a super fancy page. Um, And every single person was already 
kind of, I guess, self-prescribed to join. It was such a funny thing. It was like they were only on a call with me just because they wanted to confirm it was the right thing, but they'd already in their mind made the decision. So yeah, that was essentially how I did it initially. And I did clarify that they had to be in a certain point in their business. It wasn't necessarily a certain income point, but it was that they had an audience, they had offerings, they were already making money because I was quite clear that the people I wanted to help to get to 10K couldn't be starting their business or thinking about it. It would just be a lot more difficult for them. Not impossible, but you know, if they had something that they were working with, it was going to be easier for me to coach them. I love your clarity on who you want to help. This is something that a lot of coaches don't understand that it's really important to building your business to attracting the people you most want to help is really having that laser view on who these people are. So I love that you niche down in this particular product in such a specific way, so much so that the people were able to recognize themselves immediately. And I also love the point of, you know, we at Coach Pony help people who are just starting out with nothing, right? And so it's a very different mindset and problem set from the people you're trying to help. And I it, and it's true that it's it's helpful to be in a group of people who get where you're at. And so I love that that was a part of the membership as well. What were some of the big milestones for you in that first year of membership that you kind of hit that were important? Oh, great question. So I think just that consistency of turning up, showing up and getting results for people. So the milestones were about creating the system so it was more effortless for me so that I could actually just turn up and coach um, and help them in their masterminding component. Because what was quite different about this membership is that I did group coaching sessions twice a month and then we had what I called a... I guess it was a mastermind where I would match make people and send them out on Zoom to those open rooms and they would actually meet up with two or three of their queens because we called it 10k club and they self-named themselves queens which was quite gorgeous and the queens would chat with each other about their business which I think is almost sometimes more valuable than you as a coach because they can suddenly coach themselves to help those people and realize that they have a lot of the answers already not that I was trying to do a disservice to myself but I think it's really important that you get to a point where you know you can coach others because from that comes so much clarity. Yeah, I'm nodding violently because because we have the same thing in um, our program as well. We have a monthly mastermind for that reason, and I just I, they always come back so much more energized when yeah. we do that. Yeah, it's huge. Uh, second thing I think was I intended to keep it small. Like I've never been one of these people to have mass audiences. Um, I love small, intimate offerings. I think they're way more personalized, and people feel more held. They feel more special, and they get that attention that they deserve which may be limiting in some ways, but I knew what I liked. I also can't handle having, you know, hundreds of thousands of people on a call when I want to dive in on one thing. I also incorporated a hot seat session. So people actually had to apply for a hot seat, come with a specific question, which was really training them to get used to what is top of mind for me, what is most important for this week's call, not just talking about anything. And that helped because it also, I can coach on the fly and I love it, but it was nice to have a bit of prep time to be like, great, we're talking about this topic. Let's go for it. Um, so they were some of the milestones. And I think actually just having that recurring revenue in my business that wasn't from course-related work. And more importantly, these women who were starting to hit, not necessarily 10K, I didn't expect it to come immediately, but we tracked every month the overall amount that everybody had made anonymously. And by the time I actually ended the club, which was late last year, we were well over a million, which was super exciting for a small club to just see that each month, as well as how much they were donating to charity, which I had baked into the 10K club. So it was give 1% of your profit to charities that support women and lift them up. 
I love that you were able to not only track their earnings, but track their givings. And so you can really see, everyone could see the impact that working on your business had not only for yourself and your own life, but the impact you're able to have through your charity as a group through the charity um, donations. That's awesome. It's such a compelling thing to put into a program. I love it. So tell me, because I know everyone's going to want to know this, is what did you spend to build the club to kind of get the doors open? And I love that you shared you sold it from a Google Doc, because I don't think we talk about this enough. It can be really <laughs> simple to sell things. But just ballpark, what did you spend and where did you spend it? Um, it started out incredibly reasonable because, as I said, I didn't have the super full-on sales page. I didn't even actually have a membership site per se. I used Podia initially, um, their community aspect. Later on, I built a full membership site. So I really just, I had me, I had Zoom membership, which I already had. I had a Facebook group, which I've wavered on over the years, but hey, we can talk about that. And I had my team, which was pretty lean working on it. So I had my virtual assistant for scheduling things and putting up recordings, etc. I had my online business manager who was helping a lot with the tracking salaries, a lot of templates and Airtable, etc. But that was later. So when I started, it was literally just me and my virtual assistant. And I kept it really lean, really simple. I recorded my lessons um, using Loom, which I love, um, and would post them up in the group and also on Podia. So I would say the costs were just so, so minimal. I'm a big fan of simple, simple and elegant. I think we're talking less than a couple of hundred bucks a month, if I'm being really honest, um, because so much of it was about me sharing the learning, turning up and coaching. And for that, I feel you just don't need a lot more until you want to make it more complicated or you want to offer more. Yes, this is so important. I think sometimes we can get bogged down. We see other coaches who are doing really highly produced things and we think we need to clear that bar, but people are really just paying for the knowledge and the result. They're not paying for a super slick worksheet or a really, really well-polished, um, highly produced video with motion graphics. We don't need to let the admin logistics slow us down to get what we were doing out in the world. And you very successfully did that. So that's that's great to know. You can really get off the ground quickly with very few things and start to build something awesome. We've been talking a little bit about how this all started a couple of years ago. And I know you took some time off to have a baby and the 10K Club was still active. And so you had to have you had a transition there. So please tell me a little bit about that. That was probably one of the hardest and biggest decisions because I have always been the coach. Um, and for this, I thought, I don't want to stop it. There's great momentum. There's a beautiful, small, committed community of women um, who are all turning up. And so I sort of put it to them and I said, look, here's the option. We can pause while I go on maternity leave um, or I can bring in some really fantastic coaches to continue to support you that you'll learn different things from who have different skill sets. I wasn't sure. I thought I might be back in three or so months anyway. You don't know when you have your first baby how you're going to feel. And I've always been so passionate. My business has been my baby. So I think there was a part of me that thought I'll be back. Um, and it was so different. I had just taken almost nine months off to be with my adorable son and loved it. So for the first time ever, I actually bought in coaches and paid them. And it was a big deal because I had to really trust them, but at the same time sort of trust in the universe that they were the right people. One had been a 10K club member and had shown some really great nows, I guess, and she was a coach more in the career aspect, but I trusted her. I liked her. People seemed to respond well to her. Um, so it was a little bit of a risk, you know, when somebody's been a member, they've walked away and they've come back in. But I also think I like to promote and include people from 
in my community who have grown. And a second was a longtime coach who'd been to one of my retreats many years ago in the UK, who's really successful as a coach based over in the UK. So one was in Australia, one was in the UK. And that was important to me because my membership is global. So I was always holding coaching calls at two different time zones, like 8am in the morning and 8pm for me in New Zealand. That was important to me as to not just have one no offense to the US coaches, one time that only suits people in the US. I've always been more about how do I include everybody, which is a challenge in itself. So yeah, I hired them. I jumped on calls with them. They'd been part of it. They came along to some of the, I call them moaching calls because it was part mentoring, part coaching. So they came to the moaching calls to get a feel for it. And then I let them run some of them with me um, and then I let them hand over and then I sort of just trusted that it was going to be okay Um, and the general feedback from members when I did come back in was that they'd they'd really enjoyed it but they weren't me and you know it's never going to be the case right so I think they'd gleaned some things but I think it was very apparent that I have a pretty nuanced set of skills that they were looking for in a coach in this 10k club that they really missed I I don't know. I'd love to know your thoughts on it, but I do think that there are times when it is good to bring in other expertise and other experience, because if you want to build a business that isn't run purely on you and everybody is expecting it to always be you, that can be that can be a challenge in itself. And it can be dangerous if you're not able to scale. But if you want to keep it small, intimate, or if you want it to always be you and you've got systems in place that if you do have life experiences that take you away, that your community or your membership, your clients are held. I think it's an interesting topic. Natalie, I'm so glad you brought this topic up. I have so many things to say about it because it's something we talk about a lot here at Team Pony. You know, I have a team behind me, but I'm still very much the face of the company and very involved in our uh, customer delivery and coaching because I firmly believe the founder of online education programs should be involved in the delivery. You should be able to talk to the person who created the material. And you know, as we grow the business and as more people come in to support us, there's a lot of things that I can no longer do and or I'm not the best person to do, even though I'm the face of the company. So long story short, you know, again, I could talk about this forever, but we don't have an easy solution. And it's something that depends a lot on what's going on and what we think our future is. And that's kind of constantly changing as we adjust and grow and figure some things out. So if I come up with an awesome solution, I'll be sure to share it with everyone listening in on the podcast. But it is something to think about, you know, how do you want to be present in your courses and what are your business goals for yourself and how do those two things dovetail? But back to you, Natalie, I want to talk about What's happening now with the 10K Club? Because now you're fully back from maternity leave and you're getting ready to get it going again. So let's chat about that. Yeah. And I want to be clear that I didn't actually have to close it. I just chose to because I thought once I trialed that with the other coaches for about three months, I was like, no, I I think I do want to still be the face, but I do want to be in there. And I gave everybody the chance, but I just kind of shut that revenue stream down, which was quite crazy and in some ways very liberating. Um, And now that I've come back, what I noticed, and it's great with hindsight, is that the people who joined at the very beginning and came through the lessons with me live, um, because there's around six and it's all about you know, all the operations, systems, IT, outsourcing, but also your vision for your business that offer everything. So it takes you through that. Those who came through that live with me and did it every single week and month got the most out of it and stayed 
for the entire time that I ran the 10K club. They never left. Um, and people who came on board at other times, I think never quite got the same from it because they'd, they had to do that themselves. They had to be accountable, find the time to do it. Even though there was guidance through email and support, a lot of them were just like, oh, I'll dip in here, I'll dip in there which I also did design it to be that way, but it was far more powerful to start at the beginning. Um, and so going forward, I actually want this to be a sort of a 12-week mastermind intensive versus a membership. So it's more like a group coaching program. There'll be that membership aspect of it and they can stay on with um, you know, contributing to each other. But I think for me personally, where I'm at in my life, I don't want an ongoing membership now. So I've learned that for myself. I love the intensity of a a committed time frame in which you can give your all and be very present and then you can close that and then you can open it again at another time because I do think there are seasons in business and there's times when people are super committed and active and there's times when people just want to chill out and hibernate or there's times for researching planning and there's times for launching and being very visible partly selfishly for my lifestyle and that I've started a new business which is completely different to anything I've done before I want to have the flexibility of going yes I can run it for August September October or yes I can run it for March April May I also think timelines are really great for people like hey over the next 90 days we're going to find your 10k offering and you're going to make it happen and you're going to feel great about it so that's what I'm doing going forward and I'm also increasing the price substantially because the amount of value that I think I provide and the results that I was getting was probably underpriced during that time and having quite a limit on who I'm working with but that's me. No, I love this. And I just want to recap it because I think there is some really great wisdom there. So first is you learned, I think as coaches, we try things and we learn. And I love that you tried something and as your business and the seasons of your life changed, you realized while it was for you at one point, it was no longer for you. So you're trying a different business model. Having people come through and experience things live and in order, it creates a more powerful bond and a sense of engagement and presence in the group. So you're going to switch back to that to give people that experience, but it also works for your life. And because you're going to be so present and you're creating this um, more interactive live experience, it sounds like you're also going to raise the price. And because the results that they're getting and the value that they're getting just justifies that clearly. I do want to underscore the season's point one more time, because as coaches, your new coaches, I think, are so afraid of getting it wrong. And I just want to say there's no way you can get it wrong because you're going to evolve your business no matter what you do. Either you'll evolve your niche or you'll evolve your business model or you'll evolve all of the above um, in some way. And that's normal and natural. So there's no way to get it wrong. And you can only figure it out by doing like you had to run the membership site at that time in your life to figure out that at this time in your life, it wasn't the right fit for you now. And maybe it'll come back in the future in a new season in your business. So if you were starting, you're kind of starting over today. So you've shared, you've shared the tips, but if someone was launching what you're launching now, which is a shorter, more directed experience so people can be really present and engaged for a period of time, what would you tell new coaches if a new coach wanted to launch something similar? I mean, maybe a different niche, obviously, but this type of premium directed membership that's time bound. What were your top three tips for them? Ooh, love this juicy question. I think first tip would be get really, really clear on the intention of 
who this is for and who it's benefiting because we all know that if you have your ideal client avatar nailed, you are going to attract those people so much more easily and you do not want to serve every single person in the world. You want to serve the people that you know you can help most. And you and I will know this after you know years and years and years of coaching, but when you are starting out, it's so easy to, to get that gun and just splatter it everywhere rather than going, these are the type of people I know I can help kick ass and that I can specifically help so well. So really understanding your ideal client avatar is huge. Also defining your financial goals for this because you're in it to, you know, make this a win-win for the clients and for yourself. Um, you never want to be underserving and undervaluing them, and you certainly don't want to be working your ass off for so little money that you resent it. So I always love looking at the, when I'm launching something, I have the this is a must hit, this would be nice, and this would be a knock it out of the ballpark figures. Um, and depending on where you're at in your lifestyle, you can sort of choose where you feel happy landing. But if you don't understand and define that from the get-go, you'll probably end up with something mediocre that you aren't happy with. And you need to really price it right because there's a lot of value in how you present yourself with that. Um, and the third tip I think would be, how does this fit in with your business goals? And so I'm obviously in a very different point in my life where financially I've set myself up well with investing in property, with investing in crypto and shares, et cetera. So it's not that I don't have to work. I love it, but I'm not in the same state when I started out coaching where it was absolutely critical that I made money, that I did it. So I, I've got a bit more flexibility in that. For me, this is a bit more about how does it fit into my lifestyle with my my family and my partners and my baby um, and my other business. So hence why I like the idea of, you know, a quarterly sort of goal to hit. But then I can run that again more frequently if, as you said, it turns out well and I enjoy it. I can, you know, say this is twice a year and then I could change that to this is three times a year. Or I just love having that flexibility to be able to do it and being very clear with those people who are interested. So always having a wait list, always having people who are applying and then being really clear on when they can become part of this. You said something really wise, which, you know, you have the flexibility of some financial freedom in your life so you can choose how you deliver. But I think all coaches should always think about what do I want my life to look like? Because sometimes we get sparkly object syndrome and we see someone <laughs> writing a book and we see someone with a podcast and someone retreats and then private coaching, we should launch our big like online program or whatever it is. And it's like, well, what do you want your life to look like first? You know, how do you want to have your day flow and then build your business from that? You know, regardless of if you're new, I mean, you know, and you have the money or you don't, it doesn't matter. I still think that's going to drive your success because if you're happy in what you're building, you're going to put more energy into it. So for 100%. new coaches, just hold on to Natalie's wisdom there and remember that because it's easy to forget. I know I fall in prey to that where I see something. I'm like, that's cool. I should build that in my business. And then I have to be like, oh my God, just stop for a second. You don't even want to do that. It just looks cool. Can I add two more quick things on that? Please. Um, because when I was single and traveling the world, which was my business suitcase entrepreneur back then, I could do all those things. I could do retreats and beautiful places, workshops where I wanted. I could run courses. I could run coaching. I could, you know, I, I did. And I had the energy and the time and the inclination, but I always had lifestyle style choice in there. And I've written books about this. Um, I podcast about, you know, I do. It's been always my thing is kind of lifestyle first and business second, because I think that is how I like to live my life. And I think it's important. And second, as a coach, you, I personally give so much to my clients, like in terms of my energy and my commitment. And I really feel for them and I love what they're doing. And I think you need to have times for downtime to just re-energize and make sure that you're not giving too much of yourself away in that. So if you are constantly offering things up, it can be very draining and then you lose sight of the whole thing 
that is you helping them in the first place. So I think it's important to protect your energy as a coach so that you can always give the best. Yeah. Sidebar. I love that you said that. I used to do courses with specific start and end, and then I launched an evergreen program. And then about a year later, I noticed I was really grumpy. I was like, why am I so grumpy? And I realized, oh, because I'd never had a break from that program. I'd always had breaks worked in. And so I had to really go back. I loved the Evergreen program and I wanted to keep it, but I had to rethink some of my boundaries and how I was structuring my time to give myself breaks, you know, within the weekend, during the week, whatever, because I am terrible at the skill of coaching detachment, you know, worry about my clients a lot. So I feel you. And so I had to figure that out. And so I'm really glad you brought it up. It's so important um, as coaches that we protect our best resource, which is ourselves. Preach it. All right, it's time to play higher or lower. But before we do, I want to take a moment to talk about what this podcast is brought to us by, which is chocolate and build a real business. So today's featured chocolate is dandelion hot chocolate. Dandelion is a small company based in San Francisco, and their hot chocolate is the closest to what you'd get in France that I've come across in the United States. And the best news is, is that you can order it no matter where you are. So if you're ever in San Francisco, swing by Dandelion. It's just, it's basically a pot of melted chocolate. It's so good. And if you like it, order it. They're such a cool small business. And of course, we're also brought to you by Build a Real Business, which is our program for new life coaches or struggling life coaches who want to learn how to run a business full of happy paying coaching clients. So if this is you, please come on over to coachpony.com where you can learn more about Build a Real Business and join us. So are you ready to play higher or lower, Natalie? Yes, I really am. (laughs) All right. This is a fun way for us to learn a little bit more about your business. Okay. I'm going to throw out a question. Then I'm going to make a wildly erratic guess, and you're going to tell me if it's higher or lower. So the number of people that you enrolled the first time in the 10K club, you said it, you wanted to keep it small. I'm going to say you enrolled 25 people, higher or lower? So close. Lower. Oh, what was it? Uh, I think it was 18 that signed up immediately, and then I did get up to 25 fairly quickly. What was your goal? Was it around 20? Yeah, my goal was 20, yes, and then it was 50 for when it was more established. You wanted to hit 50 people, which was your second goal, um, within four months of launch. Was it higher than four months or lower than four months? Higher. I think once I got started, I was like, this is more of a, for me, a slow What do you call that? Slow burn? Yeah, a slow burn. Yeah, I just wanted the right people in there. Okay, awesome. So how long did it take you to get to 50? It did take around five months, actually. Oh, oh, okay. I was... Some fairly terrible marketing from my side. (laughs) Like I I just sort of stopped because I just enjoyed being in it. And then I was like, oh, I did have some goals here. I should do this. So the first price of the 10K Club to join, and this is a premium membership... Um, my initial guess before we talked was it was going to be around $5,000 a year, higher or lower. Yeah, I should have come to you for pricing. Um, it was <laughs> it was 97 US a month. 
Yeah, just for those very initial people. And then, then I quickly realized that probably needed to be more because everybody jumped on. <laughs> I was like, oh, hmm. You know you got the pricing wrong when people are like, eh. I didn't have an annual initially. I did switch to that after about three months. Actually, it was always monthly or quarterly. And I did have an annual for some people who were like, what can I pay for up for a year? And I think that was 997 at the time. Okay, yeah. so there was a bit of a savings on the annual. Yeah. Okay, so my last question is the amount of time it took you to get an actual sales page and move away from selling from a Google Doc was two months higher or lower? I think it's pretty much bang on, actually. Maybe a little higher because I remember I paid for a design in a day um, and it was $2,000 for this design and get your sales page in a day. It took a little bit over a day, but it was incredibly fancy. So it went from looking good to incredibly fancy and we could have a whole other podcast on that. I think it did work well, but it's the first time I've paid that much for a design in a day. Um, And I think my biggest thing from that is I think you can overcomplicate things and in some ways the more simple method that I had was probably working better. Then it looked almost too fancy for some people and they're like, oh, can I afford this? For anyone wondering, where did you get your design from a day? Who did you hire? Uh, I knew you were going to ask that and I've forgotten right now, but it's the same lady who did uh, Rachel Rogers' seven-figure million-dollar club thing and she's amazing and I hope she's put her prices up since then. I'm sorry, I'll give it to you and you can add it into the show notes. <laughs> okay. It was a real pleasure to work with her. Where can people find you? How how can they reach you and start to absorb your awesomeness? Uh, oh, thanks. I would love for them to come across to nataliesisson.com. Yes, this is the main homepage because on there I very clearly state you know, like what I'm here to do and who I'm here to help because I am on a mission to help women make 10K a month or more and give at least 1% of their profits back to charities and causes they care about that lift women up. So very clear on that intent and the 10K club is coming back. So if you're interested in that, nataliesisson.com forward slash 10 with a K on the end, one zero K. Awesome. So thank you so much for joining us for this podcast. You rock. Um, And for everyone else, we'll see you in the next episode. As always, thanks for listening. I appreciate you. If you like this episode, don't forget to subscribe and share it with another coach. And if you need more practical business help for the love of chocolate, please go to coachpony.com and sign up for a free guide and business training designed to help you get paying clients. We'll see you over at www.coachpony.com.